Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room. You know that Rod and I, it's Rod and Leslie, you know that we love to talk about a variety of different topics. In past podcasts, we've talked about perfectionism, we've talked about fight or flight, happiness, how to reframe things, self-fulfilling prophecies. And I think it hit us last week, right, Rod? Mm -hmm. That we, we haven't necessarily connected it all to why this podcast is called The Change Room. And so today we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking to you guys about how we see all of these things fitting together, how it all works into the wonderful magic that is change. Mm -hmm. Rod, what would you add to that start? Yeah, I think it, it's good to check back in on, and I wouldn't say we have like a rock, like our, our the purpose and how we framed our podcast is meant to be super structured and in a box. We'll definitely right. be going outside of that. But there are pieces that connect together. And, you know, it's a nice point to, to make some of those connections. Right. Because I think that for us, like for me, all of these ideas have helped me change as a person and evolve as a person, right? And mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of those examples uh, as we go, but that's how it relates to me is that mm -hmm. all of these topics by understanding them more deeply by talking about them with good friends like you, um, you know, you can sort of start to, sh you know, release the shackles a little bit of mm -hmm. the I've always done it this way. I've never done it that way kind of thinking that we can sometimes grow up with. Yes. In exactly. our families and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And I think when, when we first started talking about this, I'd never thought of it this way in the sense of, uh, you know, change, you know, we work in change management. It's such a, it's a term that's used in so many different ways, but Indeed. really think of like, we're talking about change from a human perspective and how fundamental and how integrated it is about, uh, integrated to being human is that through life things come and we towards us and we need to change and adapt and the parts where we struggle with that are the ones that bring i'll say negativity uh yeah. in the sense of like it, it affects us in a way that is the opposite of happiness I was um, just gonna say it's like an anti-happiness <laughs> pill right yeah. We, yeah 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 it, yeah and so um, I suppose this is why this is why you and I like talking about it is through our own journeys we've confronted this and we've talked to people and we see lots you know people are the same particularly in, in our society and the, the different challenges that we uh, that come at us and the what we've learned along the way has really helped um, us manage through the change that comes towards us because we're human and and that. My other little thing I'd add on to that is I think one thing that pretty much everybody would say that brings them energy and what they like is learning. Like people yeah. feel good when they grow, which is also changing. And so it's how do we get more into that zone versus the zone of uh, having stuff come at us and not knowing how to handle it. Well, and I think that's why for both of us, the whole... Uh, growth mindset and self-fulfilling mm -hmm. prophecy pieces are play such an important role, right? Because mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm looking at a, I'm just going to use the word problem, but when I'm looking at something 
and I'm in that sort of black and white thinking mode that's more associated with fixed mindset, I don't see solutions. Like I never, I've never, right. you know, that's not a time where I can like see a way out of a problem, see a way on how to fix it, how to put the puzzle pieces together, mm. whatever it may be. But when I'm in that like, okay, what would need to be true or that what if kind of mindset mm-hmm. of growth mindset, then I can start to see possibilities and not feel quite so stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Definitely. to me the magic of a lot of these things is that it helps us get unstuck with whatever challenge we're facing. Yeah. Um, it, it just sort of helps loosen that up a little bit. Yeah. And then I think what we've tried to uh, tried to do, whether we know it or not, is so like something like the growth mindset when we talked about it. You know, these concepts come up all the time. We mm-hmm. watch the YouTube video or the TED Talk or right. someone presents on it. <laughs> and then we're like, how do I actually make sense of that? It's the, and that's where I think our discussions go is, okay, good concept, but listen, you got to take it in. You got to, you know, it helps to think about it in a certain way. Uh, Sometimes the way that people present stuff is, it goes down a path that's overly complicated or it's to an audience that is, you know, like, how do I make this work for me? And so I think some of the, our conversations share that, okay, good concept, but, you know, think of it this way, it might help you take it in and adapt right. some of the principles. Yeah, sort of kind of trying to get practical about things, right? Practical yeah. about the things that we read about in books that sometimes can seem a bit esoteric um, and not necessarily like, like you said, I don't know how to pick that up and make it my own, you know? So it is yeah. definitely both of us, we hope that by talking about our own experiences, it's a, it's a helpful way to say, huh, that kind of thing happened to me too. I yeah. see that over there. You know, I've struggled with this for a long time. And then through that practical application, hopefully break free a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was thinking actually the other day that I was like, to a certain extent, we talk about things that it's like we're sharing stuff that we know. Right? Right. And um, just because hopefully we know a few things and it's interesting to folks. But the way that like when you ask questions and, and I suppose when I ask you questions, you actually make me think of it and, and the connections between things differently in a way that I hadn't. So it's like based on something I know, but then exploring it in a different way that even for me, I find like I'm learning more about these topics through our conversations. So me too, me too. Yeah. And my internal dialogue in my head is changing. And I think that's also the magic of having someone to talk to about this stuff yeah. is that then you can change the story in your head a little bit. Yes. You know, you can remind yourself that, oh no, like what would this look like if I were to do reframing right now? What would mm-hmm. be different about this scenario, you know? And and it is really helpful to be able to phone a friend once a week and chat about this stuff, Rod. I have yes. to say that. I'm yeah. very grateful for you. Yeah. It keeps all of Me this too. sort of in my prefrontal cortex where sometimes I feel like it's hiding back in the in the back regions of my brain. Yeah. Well yeah. hidden and dug in, you know? And so bringing it forward is kind of, it's pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, it is. And I guess you, we do, um, this is a very good reflective uh, discussion on our, our discussions. We do sometimes, you know, have suggestions for folks and I guess yeah. I'm going to pull out that suggestion. It's, it's, you know, finding the people that you can have these conversations with 
not only talk about your ideas, but talk about the stuff that you're working on, you know, what you're working on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the stuff yes. that's like occupying your thinking. It's like, oh, what yeah, this is bothering yeah. me. What do you think? It's important to have people that you can have those conversations with. And really I would, is. dare really I, is. I would say it's pretty hard to do the, this, you know, change the human part of change without it. Now, like I, you'd mentioned before that, uh, you have a diary or a journal that, uh, yeah. you go to me too. The last, it's funny, the last six months I've not right up till COVID. I was super actively, uh, journaling. Um, right. and then since I haven't, and the, the problem there is for me is I did it in my commute to work. That was like oh, when I fit it in right. during the day. Right. And so now my commute is like bedroom, coffee downstairs right. to <laughs> table. <laughs> so the, I haven't figured out how to, but, uh, but so journaling is the other way you have a conversation with someone. I, you know, right. that you're having it with yourself and the, and that helps to write it out than staying just in your thoughts. But it's still not the same as when you have somebody else that you can talk to. It, it really does make things delightful. So we are strongly suggesting that part of this path is have like being able to phone a friend and just sort mm-hmm. of talk through uh, what you're going through and how your experiences are different. I also think, you know, back to our let's not be too hard on ourselves because we're human and we're just all trying our damnedest to get through mm-hmm. all of this crazy stuff is... I think for a lot of people who do journaling or some type of art, for the first type of, for the first few weeks, months of COVID, I don't think anybody, like, I I don't know any, of lockdown of COVID, I don't know anybody who kept up with their art in the first little while. I think it's picking back up again now, but I think that first couple of months were really hard on everybody. I know it was hard for me. I mean, both from a time perspective, because work was really busy, but even just the personal will to practice my cello during that time kind of fizzled. And so I just tried to say like, okay, let's not be too hard on, you know, let's not be hard on ourselves. Let's just, we'll get back to the cello and my fingers will hurt for the first little while and all the things, (laughs) but you know, to sort of give ourselves permission during these really wild times to to be a little bit easier on ourselves too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Did you ever have, did you have the because I think sometimes I think so I think like a lot of people I'm I can be really hard on myself, right? And I can have um like moments where I think that Oh, if I'm not hard on myself, then I'm never going to make progress. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be all up in my own business because how else am I going to move forward in my life? Do you mm-hmm. have that inner voice sometimes too, Rod? Oh, yes, I do. I will say I'm, it's better in, in the last yeah. couple of years. I, I have had to really work at it just to give myself a break. Like to, so when that hard on myself voice came, I really worked at it to be like, you know what? Give myself a break. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to, that one's a really tough one for me. And I have to be really on top of it. Cause that's one of those voices that for me, that if it, it's like an earworm of music, once it gets in, you're singing that song all day long. And and that's, that's one of those thoughts for me that can be a bit of an earworm and kind of, kind of scramble around in my head. I really have to watch for that one. If I catch it early enough, it, it, it doesn't seep its way in, but if I, you know, if it comes up a couple times in a day, then mm. then I try to do what you just said, which is be a little bit more kind to myself and yeah. um, 
you know, remind and myself that it, I, I still can make progress without being hard on myself. Yeah. And here, here's where it matters is that, that, so the voice that you say to yourself, or sometimes, you know, it could be from somebody else. It's not that everybody around us is super nice. Like we, we do hear criticism right. or, and then whether it's, really clear criticism or where we whether we interpret it as criticism but anyway so this stuff comes in and then we make adjustments to our behavior and what we do next right and it's right. So based on this based on all the other stuff that we've talked about like when you're stressed in your fight or flight your yep. next behavior avoid situation and when you're uh you know believing growth mindset or not then your next step is to you know make the whatever change and that's the part that it's really important to look out for because then you start, it's like, I remember I told the story of uh, my son thinking about taking a gap year, but it was based right. on the belief that university would be very difficult. So it's like this belief of university is going to be too hard for me. I should think of something different to do. I'll do a gap year, you know, and then we have to be really aware of these moments that influence what we do next. Yeah. Where we make something seem really seem really linear when the opportunities are really like mm -hmm. shoot out like a fractal, but like yeah. when we get into that, this if this is true, then I must do this as a result yeah. of making this decision. That is a yeah, that's another dangerous one, isn't it? Totally. Like my so I'll give you my my daughter's in the last years really got into reading. Um, so she's reading tons and loads of books, cool. and she's saying, "Oh, I want to get." You know, her first, her first job, she wants to work at the bookstore. And yeah. so she said, well, I know that bookstore close to us. Uh, someone told me they only hire when you're 17. And so she's 15. So I'm not going to go. And I, I was like, no, you should still go. <gasps> like, the, you don't, you should just still go and say you're interested to work there. But it was really hard for her to go and ask without saying, I understand you only hire at this age. At right, least, right. At, at least she still went because otherwise she. So this is did the, she like, really good for her? Yeah, she said so she still went and said I'd be really interested. Um, and my point I was trying to encourage her to say is don't even go in with what you think is their situation. Like just present right. your desire right. and then see what they say. Um, but that's really hard to separate that belief because you know that belief influences whether she she wouldn't have gone unless I like. I feel that was my fatherly moment of encouraging her to do something. <laughs> but but uh, but it's good for the, you. Yeah, it's the example of yeah. um, what we, you know, many different other ways. Is this is what comes up to us? Is is uh, we change what we do next based on a belief or an assumption or a feeling or or whatever. One of my favorite, you guys know, I love the movie The Matrix. We've talked about yeah. it before. It came on, right? Like, love that movie. And uh, one of my favorite ones, it, scenes is when uh, Morpheus and Neo are are doing kung fu in the right for the first time. Yeah. And and Morpheus says to him, "You have to learn that some rules can be bent and others can be broken." And that to me also is is that exact idea, Rod of we have these beliefs that sort of govern what we do and how we operate in the world. And sometimes they're externally, what we feel are externally imposed rules and sometimes they're internal. Yeah. Um, and we, we stop questioning, questioning them a little bit. And, uh, and you kind of, if you take it as truth, you never learn where you can 
uh, bend and break rules to, mm-hmm. to do something completely different. We never know the real outcome unless we sort of dip a toe in the pool and see what the water's like and then mm-hmm. jump in, you know? Yeah, definitely. Would it, yeah. Okay, here's a question for you. Can you, yeah. are there any kind of foundational beliefs that you have that influence you? And it, and it could be in like when you're practicing Kung Fu or it could be, you know, just in life in general, like, like your kind of philosophical things that you believe are true. Uh, yeah, that's just such a great juicy question for a Sunday <laughs> With morning. No prep. God, holy moly, Sorry. it's such a good question. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, fundamental truths to me are um, love matters. Love kind of wins out, I think, is a fundamental truth for me. And so my pursuit, and not romantic love, I just mean like love and happiness and joy um, went out. And so I always try and orient my being to that sort of like happiness, like Mm -hmm. literally the happy path, even if there's something that's horrible, that's happening. I try to look at that horizon and see where that happiness can be found and, and orient myself kind of like a a sunflower orienting itself to the sun, you know, just trying to soak in that good energy. Uh, I think energy is real. Like, I think you can tell pretty quickly. We, we all, all had sort of visceral reactions where you, you meet someone and you think, mm, nope. And then you meet someone and you're like, wow, I could really get to know this person. Like, I, yeah. really, like, I think that is that kind of stuff is really real. Um, yeah, I think those are my big ones. What are, what are some of yours? Hmm. Um, I think... Did you not know I was going to ask you the same question, Rod? Come on, come on. (laughs) So I, we talked about the self-fulfilling prophecy stuff. That, that Mm -hmm. is, I won't redo that conversation, but actually that is something that I went, I remember when I learned that a long time ago, I take that in as like a fundamental thing about myself and about Mm. others is that, you really have to be aware that you can influence. Uh, you can be. You can be influenced, and you can influence uh, outcomes of others just by yeah. expectations and um, beliefs about them. So that that I am constantly aware of that. I think another one, which maybe mm. just for the sake of different ideas, I'd say one when, when I. I, after university, I moved to France for three years and I lived there and like France is a Western culture, but when you live in another country, it is complete, like you realize that some things are just completely different and it really challenged a lot of things that I thought were, you know, right. Like even, even like how much you cook meat, you know, should the food that you're eating, if it like, how do you what would you eat? Would you eat fat? Right. Uh, or not? Like we're, you know, we were brought up not, you're supposed to avoid fat altogether. You go to France and they're like, the dish is fat and that's what you're eating. And right. whether that's good for you or not. So through that, out of that experience, I, I realized it's like, I'll have an opinion on things, but I know other people have a completely different opinion and that could be right as well. So I, I believe that while I th- I know things, I don't, it's not an absolute truth. Like I don't actually 
Yeah, there are very few things I think that are absolute truths. Yeah, and and so what that yeah. turns into yeah. me is when I'm you know at work or with other people, I'll I'll be I'll be you can convince me of something, you can change my opinion, which is I'll tell you is actually in a society where which values people feeling that they're right. Like if you're confident mm-hmm. and you convey that you're you're right. Um, that's actually valued. Uh, here I am going like, yeah, it could be different. Sure. <laughs> Here's my opinion, but right, I, I'm right. open to being convinced by you if you, you know, tell me what you think and shine a light on it. And so that's, I think that's a fundamental belief is that I, I don't think I'm, even if I feel I know something, I, at the end of the day, can be told differently and, and I might change my mind, change my opinion. And it is hard to be that way. It's sort of a, you know, a sort of more malleable with one's thinking. I like. I think that's a, the best way to find happiness. Again, like if we, like if my being is, I try to orient myself towards happiness. And I think a lot of the things we've talked about are tools I've used to help me do that. Um, but yeah, like it is a, um, it it is it is hard to be a person who can do that right now because there are so many people with such loud voices mm-hmm. who are so convinced of the black and white. It can be hard to be the person who stands tall and say, well, I don't know. It could be this. It could be that and can sort yeah. of argue both sides. Yeah. But I think that's what the world needs more of, right? Like, don't you think we need, we yeah. need more ability to say yeah i get where you're coming from i would add those three things into what i'm stating and make a new thing rather than the black and whiteness that seems to be going Mm -hmm. around the globe right now yeah not everywhere but yeah it's true so that's that's a kind of a founding approach and i i would agree i the you described it as basing on on love and and uh is that I mean I take that in as it's empathy and 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 yes thinking of people each of them with yeah. our own struggles and caring about people that you may not even know that are exactly it's love yeah. of humankind right like it's yeah. it's a love of the planet it's a love of humankind that I think is um, like I, I I definitely try to orient myself in relationships I I don't know if you ever. Uh, read any of Dan Savage's stuff or ever listened to his podcast. It's a bit saucy listeners, so only check mm-hmm. it out. I will I will put like a full saucy thing on it. But he said in dating, you always have to follow the campsite rule that you leave you, you leave What's... someone behind in better shape than how you found them. And I really nice. I think the campsite rule works in all relationships. Like you want every relationship, every meeting you go to for, peop- for me, for people to feel better than they perhaps did at the very beginning. And that you're leaving, you know, whether it's you have direct reports or you're taking people through change or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that you try to leave them in a, in a better state than how you found them. It's such a, I don't know, I've always found it an incredibly helpful metaphor. Even yeah. though I do not do camping, <laughs> for the record. I love them. I've never heard that before. I'm going to have to yeah. check out the, what was the person's name, Dan or Dave? Dan Savage. Dan Savage, but yeah, like parental warnings everywhere, oh, all okay. the things. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
he's pretty saucy, but some of his ideas from back in the day are really helpful. And I mean, this is when he said around dating, but honestly, I've been using it in, in my life in general and it makes me feel happy. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it makes the people around me feel happier too, which I yeah. is also, I think. Yeah. Something that like, like that is part of my happy path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. For sure. I think another, um, belief I, perhaps that we share is, I think we is, is, and I was thinking about, I was going to say, uh, you, I know, you know, Seth Godin, the marketing guy who, yes, who, yes. And, and I was going to say that much of what he says has shaped my, because it's true, has has shaped my view on right. things as, as many of his ideas that he shared. Like, you know, uh, actually, he was the first one that uh, listening or reading his uh, blog posts and told me about the lizard brain, which is the fight or flight stuff and how that oh. affects us in, in the, you know, particularly in the work that we're doing and, and where it's creative work and there's a lot of uncertainty. So that's why I learned about those concepts. Um, cool. But I think the, I think fundamentally there's a part that he's conveying is that uh, it's like take control. And it, it, yeah. But saying it that way sounds odd to say like take control. But it's it's the, you know, be you know he he promote the idea of like being the the standout like being super valuable like going above and beyond like you know mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. for creativity putting yourself at risk doing what you want to do because at the end of the day you're going to f- find much more value for yourself when you put yourself out there than playing it safe like these kind of concepts and i think there's this 100% yeah this idea of doing uh, and following yourself, you're following what you want to do in your passion. And that's about taking control in a way. Like that's about guiding your life and guiding what you do based on what you want to guide it towards versus what somebody else or, or society might expect or other people might expect of you. Right. It's the best, uh, the best, not just really career advice, but life advice I ever got is from a girlfriend of mine who has been my boss a couple times. And, but you know, we, we really are friends and sisters. Uh, she said to me, Leslie, you've just, you've, you've just got to be you in all of your Eunice mm-hmm. because no one else is going to be you or bring your thinking or your experiences to the table. Cause I have that other internal voice that compares me to other people. I don't even know if we've ever talked, mm. but that would be an interesting topic too. But yeah. you know, I, I was having that really hard and she said, Les, all you got to do is, is be you like, that's, that's what the world needs. And yeah. that's, you know, when I'm mentoring people, this was ages ago. Uh, when I mentor people now, that's what I tell them. Like you've, you've got to bring all of your Eunice because there is, there's no one else like you. Like that's it yeah. as much as, as much as we have all of these things in common of, of these perfectionist streaks of this fight or flight lizard brain response and all these things we have in common, ultimately we really are each of us very unique and, and, uh, figuring that out as early as you can and living by that. Holy moly. Like that is the path. Like that is the happy path for sure. And that's for sure. And I'll say it's hard. Like, so my, um, just from my own experience, I've heard, I remember a long time ago, that kind of dialogue, you know, you need to be you and bring yourself up. And I remember thinking, I can't do that. 
Like that's I know that's just impossible. Like it, it feels like we're bragging. Does it feel to you like you're like yeah. a bragging McBraggerson? That's what yeah. it feels well, like. No, to me. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It does feel like we're bragging. But no, I'll say, and then I'm not there yet either. Like I, it, I still have a, a long way to go. But I'm, I'm, I've gone from that is completely impossible and fanciful advice right. to <laughs> like give me some real advice rather than something like like that to yeah okay yeah. i i'm i'm starting to feel like there's moments where i i'm doing that but um yeah and well that i think is the true path of individuation right is sort of realizing your full you-ness and uh that takes time like i, I don't yeah. know anyone who's born real knowing all of that like that's that 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 is what yeah. is the magic of life is, mm-hmm. is figuring all of that stuff out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And that's the, that's the change that we, like that we're all going through and learning about ourselves. And, uh, I, you know, you know, Eckhart Tolle, have we, we haven't talked about Eckhart Tolle yet, but a you little know, bit we have a little bit, we have. A little bit, but one of his books is like the meaning of life or the purpose of life. And it's, and it's, it's one of these where, you know, it's, I don't know how many chapters it is, but let's say it's like 12 chapters mm-hmm. and then you, you read through all this stuff. And it's like the one sentence at the end of chapter 11 is the answer to the question of the, of the book title. <laughs> and I can't, I mean, I'll get this wrong, but it's kind of, it, it's, it's like the meaning of life is, just making the best of every moment that you're in or something like that. Indeed. And Indeed. I, I read that. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> it's like be a fireman. If you like fighting fires, that's the me. That's the purpose of person's life. It's I need something tangible. <laughs> oh, it is hard sometimes if you're not like when I first read, I think his other book is The Power of Now. When I first read it, I don't think I, I really got it. Like I read the words and it kind of hit me in, in, in a way. And then I read it again a couple of years later and I started going, oh, yeah, that and that and that. Right. Like that's one of those ones that I think can can take some time for it to sink in. And there's sometimes where you can't receive, you can't like take in the fullness of information until you're kind of ready yourself to, to make a change happen. Right. Like I certainly had times in my life where that's true, where I just, I just wasn't ready to hear what I needed to hear. And, and then eventually I did and then change happened and all was well. Yeah. So as we think about um, closing out Mm -hmm. this week, Rod, what do we, what do we think we should, what do we think we should say about this? Well, I, about all this change stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, it's not clear cut. It's messy. It needs time. It needs and kindness and yeah. kindness. Yes. Kindness to yourself and, and kindness to yeah. others. And it needs uh, yeah, that, that long-term perspective on it. And as you go through these things, like that's, that's, I think this is the unifying theory of our discussions in our podcast and why it's called yeah. the change room is, is we, and we know that to evolve through life is that we are changing and adapting and, and just to have the perspective on what that's like. And it it's not solved in reading a book in one moment. Totally. Um, it's totally. this combination of so many things. Yeah. And I think the more tools we have in our toolkit, the better shot we've got 
at mm-hmm. making that real change happen. You know, and that's why every week we like talking about to us, these are all tools that can help us in that path uh, for deeper change and deeper transformation. And so hopefully you guys find them helpful too. Plus the fact that we've already experienced a lot of weird stuff and can, yes. <laughs> can walk you through all of our experiences. Hopefully that's helpful as well. Yes, very well, much. Well, Rod, I really, I'm glad we kind of regrouped on why this is all about the, you know, why our name is the name it is, why yeah. we call this podcast The Change Room. I'm glad we did that this week. Yeah, me too. It's a great conversation. Okay. Same. Thanks. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>